What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Stallion, man. Good to be sitting next to you today. How you doing? Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> what? You never heard that before? I've never heard that. Uh, well, usually it's like old guys, like old geezer guys. Like they they just say that and they're just, you're supposed to know what it means. I'm assuming that I'm going to read about that a little bit later this year because for Christmas, I actually got a 365 days of dadisms calendar. Dadism. Okay. That's like dad, dad jokes or what? No, just dadisms. I'm assuming that is a dadism that I'm going to read about. I don't know if it's next month or the following, but I'll point it out to you pretty soon. Well, today is the day for that dadism because our guest today is Jamie O'Brien. And man, great friend, um, somebody that's been on the financial freedom journey for years now, but it all started once he found out that they were having twins. Well, I, there's a lot of things that probably took him by surprise that I think you're going to find interesting as you listen to this episode. But how is this important to you? And some takeaways that I had is if you've ever wondered if there was a, a sudden life event, maybe twins, that was going to require or create the necessity or want for you or one or your spouse to stay at home, how would you make that happen? What would be the process that you need to go through? What would be the things that you would have to learn in order for one of you to be able to stay at home? with twins. Yeah. What would be the things that you'd have to give up or change about what you've always done? And who do you have to become in the future for that to happen? I think those are some of the things I took away from uh, what Jamie had to say today. Well, also, you know, what are some of the, um, some of the things that you can do using infinite banking, right? We, we asked the question, Outside of just real estate, because he's been buying and selling real estate over the last four years, what are other things that you've been able to find uses and applications of the infinite banking concept with? Yeah, um, we don't need to tell him all that right now. No, we just need to let Jamie say that. I, I agree with that. I just think, hey, look, it's exciting. I just want you to know how good this interview is going to be. It's better than Joey's opening dadism. <laughs> so without without another dadism, let's jump into this episode with Jamie O'Brien. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the show today. We have my good friend, Jamie O'Brien, joining us today. Jamie, thank you so much for being a part of this, man. We really appreciate it. Guys, I'm super excited to be here. Um, I can't tell you how long I've been listening to the show and and uh, wondering if I was ever going to make it. 
<laughs> you made the cut. Yeah, no, you did. You did. I mean, this is a great conversation because there's a lot of people listening, just like you've been listening over the last three or four years, and they, they're on that same journey. As we were talking before we hit record, you said the big thing for you is financial freedom. It's time freedom. And there's lots of things uh, upon our journey that we come into that help us lead us to that that thought process and then maybe expedite us arriving there. So I, I want to take you back to a point in time where you, you guys had a kind of a pivotal moment in your life, if you will. Y- your wife got some news and she came and shared this news with you. And it's what led you kind of on this uh, accelerated path. Talk, talk to me about what happened. What was it, about four years ago? Yeah, going on uh, maybe a little more at this point. Four years ago, you know, we had we had been going down the uh, the journey of trying to have children, and finally got you know got that positive test. Um, we couldn't have been more excited about it. It's something we've been you know, wanting for a long period of time, and so we go in for the first ultrasound, and uh, and there's there's two. So there's actually there's actually two little uh, blobs up there on the screen. And and I have a little, you know, I have a medical background and I, I just was like, oh, my gosh, um, Blair has no idea what she's looking at. The the uh, ultrasound tech is says, congrats, you're having twins. And I thought she about fell out of the chair. You know, it, just was, uh, it was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do with two? Um, so, yeah, we found out we were having twins, um, had to figure out what daycare looked like my wife was in sales daycare pretty much said you can't be outside of birmingham so um we decided to to wing it see if we could have her stay at home raise the children and uh with that i decided i I had to have another source of of income or another revenue stream um if i wanted to give my family the life that that i wanted to give them wow so uh, so how quickly did you get to that point was it when that daycare told you that or was it like immediately when you saw the two blobs you're like oh crap we got to have more income guys i think it was <laughs> um i had i had read rich dad poor dad um years ago i i'm pretty sure i went home read rich dad poor dad found bigger pockets and for the next seven months until they came studied learned did everything i could to try and prepare ourselves to to dive headfirst in, I may have even bought our first property before before we had the kids. I mean, it was all in. There was no there was no if ands or buts in my mind that that we needed to do this. It was it was do or do or die. I mean, it, it just was all in. So, how did you land on doing real estate as the thing that was going to help substitute your wife's salary? Real estate seemed. Um, it made the most sense to me. The numbers were were easy for me to understand. They were simple. I know Russ, you uh, you have trouble with that sometimes. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I think you're the number guy. Joey may be the, the one that has some trouble there, but yeah. no, uh, it, they just made sense. I mean, it sense it made sense from a um, a time standpoint. You know, if I had rentals and they it, they were taking up too much time, I could handle it to property management as long as the numbers you know, made sense and free up that time. So for me, it was more about the time and the financial freedom. Um, but a long-term way of, of having a revenue stream come in every day uh, and real estate just made the most sense. And then, you know, we started to get into some flips down the road and that was just cause my, my wife told me she didn't think I could do it. So here we <laughs> <are>. <laughs> like, like me, you, you never turned down a challenge. Game on. That's well, right. I, I love that because you're, you have a, a pretty, um, 
you know, demanding day job. You said that you're in medical device sales. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're on the road, you're traveling, you're in and out of doctor's offices, potentially hospitals and things like that. I'm assuming that played into what sort of activities you had to get involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Starting a business for me was was kind of out at that point in time. Again, the time commitment towards to my day job was was there right. You know, at that point in time, and still today, it, it's what pays the bills. It feeds the family. It has to it has to get most of my attention. So, um, real estate seemed like a way that I could kind of do it on the side, nights and weekends, if you will. Um, and luckily, figured out those systems and that the fact it takes a very good team to do that pretty early on. Does your wife help out with any of the real estate stuff? She, I call her by designer. She says yay or nay on, on my design ideas. Um, that's about all she's, she's done. I mean, she'll go look at the houses with me and we'll, we'll kind of get an idea of what color schemes we want to go with. And, uh, but I, I may be one of the few guys, you know, that's on Pinterest and I, I sit there and look at, you know, color schemes and design ideas for the houses. She's busy, you know, keeping this house afloat and taking care of those wild children. So, <laughs> well, so, so. Tell us a little bit about your journey. So from that point, you guys started down this path of real estate as a secondary source of income. Uh, what what have you kind of gone from? You bought the very first house mm-hmm. to where you're at today. Kind of fill in some of the, the details there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we bought that first rental property. Um, and I, like I said, I went all in. I, you know, we were up to... Uh, what, 11 doors at this point in time. Um, we've got three single family. We actually just sold one this year. We are at four single families and then we're a partner in a, in a small apartment con- complex. Um, over the last three years, I've, I've also flipped or wholesaled, you know, about three to five houses a year. Um, trying to kind of hit that 10 house a year mark in some way, shape or form if I can. Uh, we're not quite there, but uh, that seems to be a manageable number um, with the team we have. All right. So, and, and when you say 10 houses a year, roughly, like what did you just come up with that as just a general challenge to yourself? Or was it like, there's something behind that specifically that's getting you to another goal? Yeah. So I've got a partner in the business. He, you know, that was, you were talking about being the day job being demanding. I learned early on, you were either going to pay a contractor probably too much to manage the job, or I could bring on um, a mentor and partner to, to be a partner in the business and have a little more skin in the game. And so I decided to go that route after about a year and a half. So he manages the projects. Um, he's also an agent, so he'll help find them, dispose of them, et cetera. But uh, 10 was the number that we used if I if I used a thirty thousand dollar profit for each house, um, ten houses would put me at one hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is about where I wanted to be to uh, to look at um, potentially doing it full time. And so you you mentioned finding a mentor, someone who could be a partner in the business with you could help handle the day job. That's super insightful, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of people listening to you that are working super in depth in their own businesses or their own as a, you know, as an employee within a company and they're like, okay, that makes sense. But how do I find this person? So talk a little bit about the journey and how you went about deciding who would be this partner. Yeah. So for me, what I did early on, and, and there's, a, I think a lot of books that talk about this and in online forums is if you want something, put it out, you know, put it out there, put it out there into your network, put it out there into the universe, 
ask for it um, and, and think you're going to get it. So when I decided I was going to do real estate, I literally started talking to everybody I knew about real estate and how I wanted to start buying real estate and getting into real estate investing. And um, turns out a, a guy I knew, his dad had been uh, working purely with investors for about 25 years uh, as an agent on the agent side and went to lunch with him a couple of times. Um, and, and he really took on unknowingly kind of that mentor role. I would bounce ideas off him and he, he kind of helped me instrumentally grow early on and, and make sure I didn't get in trouble. And so it, it made sense to, to look at a partnership with him because he understood me, I understood him and um, the trust was already there. And how did you guys decide on what that partnership looked like? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it was, um, I, I told him, early, you know, kind of what my goals were that I needed to I needed to have my main focus on real estate, but I want, or I'm sorry, on my day job, but I wanted to scale the real estate piece of the puzzle. And I, 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 I guess I realized early on that I needed uh, somebody to help me do that. So um, it's a 50, 50 split. Essentially I find the money. I'm the face. I do the marketing. Um, he'll manage the projects and help with the acquisition and disposition of them. Um, it's just a, a separation of responsibilities and, uh, and it's worked so far. Well, that's really cool though. I mean, it's like, it seems like you're able to determine who's good at each piece of those puzzle and then make sure that they're all being handled yeah. properly, like in your own strengths. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Inside of building this, I, I, I don't want to lose sight of what your goals are, right? You said sure. time freedom, financial freedom was important to you. And clearly over the last four years, you've been able to see how that's worked out. Like what, like looking back over the last four years and seeing the choices that you guys made to bring your wife home for you to then start dabbling in real estate on the side, just talk to me through some of those successes and positive focus moments that you've had. Yeah. I mean, I think what, what it's allowed us to do, um, it's allowed us for one to start you know, IBC policies, which I think are super powerful. Um, we did that for a few reasons, but, but the more we've done that, I think we've been with you guys four years. Um, it, real estate's allowed me to set up uh, policies for my kids um, already that are uh, looking at the numbers, going to pay for their first car, going to pay for their college, going to pay for a wedding, uh, potentially first house, depending on how much the weddings cost. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the real estate's allowed us to stay in the black every year, which means I'm allowed, I, I'm able to put money to work, to go find friends, to bring friends back. It's, it's exponentially scaling the, or, or reducing the amount of time it's going to take us to um, generate wealth, um, which just gives you more options. Um, I think for me, I don't necessarily, if I'm going to go out on my own and start, start a venture, I don't necessarily need the passive income to be where my monthly expenses are if I have um, enough wealth wealth saved on the side to give me a safety net to, to make that leap. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas, get exposure to new ones, and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you? Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. Well, you, you mentioned a lot of financial stuff, but I'm going to like, hopefully your wife doesn't listen to this episode. She's going to be upset <laughs> that you didn't answer the question um, the, this way. But I'm going to give you a second shot so then you can just play this clip for. Sure. <laughs> How 
have you seen the benefits of your wife being at home over the last four years with those girls from what you're doing on the side, which have created financial stuff. But just talk to us a little bit about that. Cause I'm assuming you have friends like we all do whose, whose um, spouses aren't, uh, you know, in a, in a position where they can stay at home and you've probably seen things that have happened in your life. And I, I just love sharing those moments. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been, it's been great having, having her home with, with the girls, um, just the time she's been able to spend with them. Um, not that they wouldn't, wouldn't get a, a basis of education elsewhere, but I feel like just there, uh, there'll be four this year and, um, just the level of, uh, I guess, education, I hate to say education, but I, I feel like they're just ahead, you know, the ABCs, the numbers, accounting, um, she's been able to spend that time with them to really kind of set the foundation for, for their success. And once they get into school, um, she's been able you know, I get videos or, or pictures of them at the park midday. Um, just that quality time, I think is so super important. They've got a bond unlike anything I've seen and it, I, it's great. Well, and I always love actually, just as you mentioned that, I you always put pictures of you with your girls on uh, Facebook and whatnot. And I, I mean, we can tell that that's what drives you, you know, like those are the things that started this journey. They're keeping you kind of focused. It's so easy to just kind of take your foot off the pedal if you don't have a big enough why. And, and you have two little whys that you're always yeah. holding in these pictures. So I love seeing that. I want to talk about a couple of the things that you mentioned along the way. Why was infinite banking one of those things that was important to you? I mean, because sometimes I think people think of uh, a policy or real estate, but in this case, you saw real estate first, you start down that path and then you're like, wait a minute, this infinite banking thing is valuable as well. I don't want to just assume, tell me why that was important to you. Well, it started early on as accessibility to cash. You know, we had we had started a pretty good savings account, and I realized that just having money in a savings account was not the best use of of that money. Um, and as we were getting into real estate, before I kind of knew the options, I thought we were going to have to use our money for you know to fund a lot of that. So I wanted access to capital, but I also wanted it to be earning interest. Um, and through a lot of reading, through talking with you, Joey, it made sense to have uh, have accessibility to cash that was going to grow at a decent interest rate that I could then use that cash to earn money elsewhere while it continued to grow. I mean, it was mind blowing to me that when you took a loan against a policy, that policy number didn't go down and it continued to, to earn interest at that rate. So that's really how it started. Um, and it's evolved since then, you know, in real estate, they say it's not, uh, if you're going to get sued, it's when. So the fact it's creditor proof <laughs> is definitely uh, promising to me. Um, and then just to see the power for my children, to, the legacy, if you will, of what I can leave for them. Um, it just, it just all makes sense to me. Um, I, I hope that answers your question, but it's kind of evolved yeah. into a whole lot of different things. Well, and, and I know you, you were talking about um, how you've you've expanded on the number of doors that you own in, mm -hmm. in terms of real estate, but you also mentioned something pre-show um, here about lending, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of that lending is being done out of policies. What Talk us through a couple of the ways you've used this for lending and, and why you went down that path. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've come to 
look at streams of income, right? And so what we've gone to in our real estate business is using pretty much solely private lenders, um, pay them a very good interest rate. But if I can, if I can take that money and from a private lender, put it into a house, force appreciation or increase the equity in the house and then make money off of that house. And then I can take my money and lend it out the back door. I've now essentially have two different streams of income versus taking my money, put it in a house, getting a return on that income, if that makes sense. So we have, uh, we have funded a couple of private loans out of our policy. We, we funded um, a laundromat. We funded a small uh, new electrician um, startup or a business, I should say. Uh, we had a friend of a friend come and tell us that he'd want to want a contract on a new development and needed some startup capital. So I uh, went in with some friends on that. Um, and then we funded a few private loans on real estate deals. I know real estate. I'm comfortable with it. Um, you know, it's secured by an asset. It, it, to me, it's the safest loan you can make as long as your numbers are on. Well, that you're you're literally taking the concept of becoming your own banker and <laughs> yeah. you know, taking it literally, right? You're taking it by, absolutely, by, by, yeah. By the way, so how did you decide on those terms? That's a question that most people would have: is okay if I was going to be my own banker, right? I know I could borrow against these life insurance contracts, but then how do I, how do I go about setting and organizing a deal to make it work beneficially for me? How'd you do that? Yeah. I mean, really what I did was study what other people were doing. I mean, I, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I just looked at what, what people wanted for money um, when it came to real estate or came to, to start up businesses, what credit cards are charging you. You know, I mean, I can't believe people pay 18, 25% on credit cards and, and have an outstanding balance on them. So um, it really was just testing the waters. You know, someone, I think the first person I talked to about a loan wanted to know what I, what I was asking for i said 12 percent. they didn't blink and so it's kind of i'll go higher than that now <laughs> you're like i wish i should have asked them right exactly so um it's amazing what people you know people are willing to pay for uh for something they believe in um and the access to capital i mean you guys say it all the time uh opportunities find cash and that's i can't tell you how true that is so uh there's no science to it um, other than I just kind of studied what everybody else was doing and tried to emulate it. Well, you, you've talked about a lot of the stuff that you've been doing with money. You've, been, you've said, look, we've done fix and flips. We've done rental properties, both single family, apartment complexes. I've, I've lent against new startup businesses, against real estate. And all of this has happened because you had two daughters mm -hmm. and you wanted your wife to stay at home. And you said, I need to create extra income to be able to do that. Yep. The one thing that we never asked you that we should have, we might as well go ahead and bring it up before the podcast is over, get my chance, is what were you doing before all of that? Like financially, because this seems like it's probably way different than what you were probably doing before. So we didn't ask that question. Tell me yeah. what were you doing before all that? Um, spending too much money on trips uh, and putting money. I mean, I was maxing out 401ks. Um, we put a, you know, put money in, uh, what do they call it? EMT funds. Is that right, Russ? Or, you know, like a cash fund that's, that's not a qualified plan in the stock market. Um, yeah. it, it was that, that nasty five letter word, you know, stocks and, or stock <laughs> and, uh, market, you know, that's more than five, but whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, that was it. That's all I knew. I mean, that's what I'd been taught is you know, max out at least to your match. And then I, I started making decent money. So, okay, well, Maybe I need to max out my 401k and helps with taxes and um, put money in a savings account. I mean, it was just, 
it wasn't, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, before I started educating myself, I, I just was doing what everybody else was doing, what I was told to do. All right. So you, you uh, were doing that for how long, roughly how long uh, be- that you were working before you learned about all the real estate stuff you were doing? Oh, actually working or making enough money to to get into it. Um, Yeah, working. I mean, it was probably, I mean, eight to 10 years, I guess, pretty much. So eight to 10 years. And then you've been practicing these ideas for the last four to five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now someone's listening to you and they may be in that eight to 10 (laughs) year time frame, frame, whether it's eight to 10, it's three to four, 25 to 35, right? They're in that same approach and they're, and they're going, okay, I'm hearing about these different ideas. What are some of the things, if you could go back and do stuff differently, what would you have done differently? Man, I would have started this, especially the real estate journey, the IBC. I mean, everybody says that I wish I would have started earlier or put more in in my first policy. Um, I heard that so many times that I went big on my first policy and wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pay premiums for the next five years. But <laughs> we, we figured it out. But I definitely wish I would have started earlier trying to do that with my kids. If I just think about how much more time um, I had pre-kids, pre-marriage, like if there's somebody out there listening that's like, just exploring the financial options. If you get your first job, start making decent money, you know, don't spend four nights at the bar and blow half of it there. I mean, it's just a waste of time. I, I just wish I would have, um, I wish I would have taken the personal development more serious as a, as a young adult and, and the continuing education more serious and found, um, found ways to put money to use rather than just spending it. Mm. Now, what do you see now? That's good advice. Now, what do you see now having been in this position that you plan on doing going forward? Like what, what are those next steps, those big milestones for you? Yeah. I mean, I think next steps for me, um, continue to grow the real estate business. I, I do believe that that's going to be my, my rock, um, for not only passive income, but retirement and future wealth. Um, you know, continue. We just started our fourth. I think I said that fourth IBC policy. I'm going to try and max out what I can get on myself and my wife at some point in time here in the next probably five years. Um, I think I've got one more policy I can put on myself before we're, we're getting there. Um, and then eventually, you know, the ultimate goal is, is financial independence, obviously. That's awesome, man. Is there anything else that you can think of for somebody that's maybe in that position that they're in that beginning stage and they're trying to get the confidence to take them to first step? What would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's in that position right now? Yeah. I mean, I think education is big, but don't, uh, don't get analysis, uh, paralysis, as they say, you know, taking that first step, whatever that is, um, uh, learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable, um, talking to as many people as you possibly can. I think really it's it's just continuing to move forward. I mean, the worst thing you can do is just stay in, in, one, in one place no matter what you're trying to do. So just find out what that next step is, whatever that may be in, in your journey and take it. Um, worst you can do is fail and that's probably not that big of a deal when you look back on it. Well, and we didn't even get a chance to go into all your failures along the way. So, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, reality, been a few. <laughs> reality though, is that you had to fail forward at some point. There's probably some things you learned along the way. Um, and man, I, I, I just want to thank you for being a part of the movement of Wealth Without Wall Street, the community. You're constantly in our app, uh, pinging people, uh, adding value. Uh, things of that nature. And so, man, just you're continuing that journey with us on the show today. And uh, I'm so grateful to have you as a part of it. 
Well, guys, thank you. I mean, y'all have been instrumental as, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, our community tends to think a little differently and, and it can be lonely out there in the, in the big world when people look at you like you're crazy. But, um, I tell you what, I don't feel crazy at the end of the day when I look at everything, you know, I've been able to accomplish just by making a decision to do it. You know what I mean? I think that was the first step for me was it, it had to be done. And, um, and it's just kind of evolved from there. Well, kudos to you for identifying that you were the one that was going to make it happen, that yeah. it wasn't going to happen on your behalf. Someone else wasn't going to help you get there. You took action. And it, regardless of the failures that's happened along the way, you've learned, right? I mean, it's just like when my kids play sports, I say either you win or you learn. Mm-hmm. There's no winning mm-hmm. and losing. There's winning and learning. And right. every opportunity we have is to either win or learn, and sometimes both. So, I, I man, I'm so excited for um, the opportunities your family is having because you're on this journey. And, you know, also, again, I think there's lessons, too, that that we in our we can still be successful, be successful and have a day job. And yep. you're a great um, kind of example or uh, visual for others to look at. You've been able to do both. And like you said, I love the fact that you found a partner and a coach to to help you along the way with that. I love being able to leverage other people's expertise. And that's the reason I have this guy next to me. He's an amazing <laughs> help. I know I beat up on him a lot, mm. but um, he, he helps me tremendously. There's no way we, we would be where we are uh, if we weren't doing this together and had that partnership. So, Jamie, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I know this was literally just you giving back to the community, and we're so grateful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I hope uh, I hope there was some value in there and someone gets a nugget. Uh, if nothing else, just a little bit of confidence to to take the leap. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next week. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.